Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. All right, well, good morning. How's everybody feeling? Happy Labor Day Sunday. Come on, for all the laborers in the house, enjoy your day off. Tomorrow, uh, if we don't know each other, my name is J.D. I'm the pastor here along with my beautiful wife, Elizabeth, who's sitting right next to my amazing parents, Greg and Marcia Griffin. Let a big round of applause for Papa G and Grammy in the house, all right? So fun to have your parents cheer you on. Can I get an amen? Uh, Well, we are in week four of a five-week series of talks that we are calling Steps. And our goal uh, in this series of talks is very simple. We want to line out a path for growth and spiritual development that we can all continually lean into so that all that God has created us to be can begin to happen around us. Amen? How many of you want to grow in your life? How many of you want to take ground in your life, right? And so the steps are not things that we just do once. They are a path that continually unfolds in front of us. And we birth the steps, the path of, of, excuse me, the path of how we get to who we are out of understanding who we are, which is our manifesto, right? And so I know you've got it memorized by now, but just in case you don't, we're going to throw it up there all at once because you guys know it makes me nervous. And we are going to read this. How? I love you. Jesus is our message. Hope is our belief. Honor is our language. Celebration is our soundtrack. Serving is our privilege. Generosity is our standard. And transformation is our byproduct. This is who we are. Like we say every week, that if you're wondering, what is Antioch about? How do we do church? What is it? It's this. This is who we are. And the path that we've been talking about in this step series, these steps take us to begin to live those from transferring them from being statements of faith, declaration, hopes of what we desire to be to actually how we live and how people experience the culture that God's building around us. And so our steps are, you ready? Read them with me. Step one is encounter. Step two is belong. Step three is matter. Step four is grow. And step five is build. And we have uh, been diving into step one through step three. This week is step four. If you've missed them, I want to encourage you, jump online, go to our podcast, go to YouTube and watch these messages because we don't want these steps to just be something that we talk about one time. We want this path of how we grow spiritually, how we move forward together as a community. We want these steps to be something that we all understand, that we all know how they work together so that we can continually lean into them. So if you've missed one, don't stress about it. Just go online and listen to it because we want these steps to become a part of us. This is something that is now a part of our language that we're gonna continually be pointing back to these steps and it's gonna be kind of level one. If you feel stuck, in life, if you feel like you're in a rut, it's like, hey, where are you in the steps? How's your encounter? Do you have a place to belong? Do you know how you matter? Do you feel like you're growing? Are you a part of building? They're going to be kind of that comeback point for us on how we begin to live this thing out uh, that we call church. And what we're going to do is we're going to read Colossians 2. We're going to start in verse 6 because this really frames for us step 4, which is grow. And it says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught in overflowing with thankfulness. Can I just read that again? I love that scripture. It says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught in overflowing with thankfulness. Let's just pray together. God, I'm asking that you would overwhelm us this morning with your presence. And Lord, we just take a minute and acknowledge 
You've already done some amazing things here today. It's amazing that you inhabit the praises of your people. And as we sing songs to you, that your presence comes and we can experience you in a tangible, practical, powerful way. And God, we're just saying, Lord, continue on. Get me out of the way. Let the word of God come alive to all of us, Lord, so that we can be changed. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Uh, well, uh, some of you know that before actually Liz and I planted this church a few years ago, we were some of the college pastors in uh, Waco at the Antioch that is there. And, and I just want to say I love college ministry so much because you just get to pretend like you're in college forever, right? You get to eat like a college student, like you stay up late like a college student, like you have to be hip like a college student, you know, like so you can just like stop ironing your clothes, stop bathing, you know, you know, it's just like sweatpants every day, you know, it's just like you just, I love college football, I love everything about college and so we were having a blast and we would do these random events to gather students together and one of these events that we did was called bros and tacos okay now bros and tacos would happen sometimes in the morning and sometimes in the evening and we were trying it in the evening and so we rented out a venue we'd gathered a couple hundred college student guys we were feeding them tacos we were having a great time and the night was going to progress kind of like hangout worship powerful word talking directly to dudes and we were going to see all these people say we were so excited about what God was stirring on the campus we were ministering to and by the way hook them sick them gig them everybody won so we can all celebrate today so like we're having a great time and so we're kind of just doing like our normal kind of hanging out eating tacos doing our deal and we were going to open with a game that maybe is one of the best games that you can play with a group of dudes and it's called lightsaber now if you don't know what lightsaber is is that you get somebody you lock hands with them and then you point your finger at them right and so they've got a finger pointed at you you've got a finger pointed at them and the sole goal is to just touch them that's it if you touch any part of their body you win they lose now they're also trying to do that to you so as you can imagine it gets very physical guys flipping around jumping running on walls it's absolutely a blast and so I'm explaining the game and I just have this moment of just inspiration just to Vine, just like in the moment, I'm, all right, I don't just need to talk about this, I need to demo this. And so I call a student up to the stage who looks very small and fragile so I could dominate them, and I say, all right, we're going to play uh, lightsaber, this is how it works. Now, at this point in my life, I was wearing some trousers, some pants, that were fitting me a little snugger than they originally had fit me when I purchased them. It was a season of not skipping leg day or snack day, you know what I'm talking about? So, so they were, they, they were, they were tight. And so I am demoing lightsaber and I go for this dramatic defensive move where I throw my body and try to hook my legs around and I hear the unmistakable roar of my seams of the crotch of my pants beginning to release from the pressure that they had been under. And I hear the rip and I feel feel a very predominant breeze in my nether regions, okay? So I'm standing on stage in front of hundreds of people, and the crotch of my pants is completely blown out. Not just like a little bit, like all of it. Like it is, there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to like try to just walk off stage gracefully and backwards and hope that nobody sees. Nobody can unsee that. Like I apologize still to this day that people have a picture of me that they never should have, right? Because I, I had exploded my pants because I had grown past what the seams were created to hold. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how whenever you try to fit something into something that's, that has grown past what it's contained to hold, it, it, it tests the integrity of what it's holding. But my seams were tested and my thighs won. No, no one had to tell any of those students that were there, and no one had to tell me that if you try to fit into some pants that are too small for you, that the, the pants are going to lose. They, they saw it. They absolutely witnessed it. Like, I, I, I think that honestly, if we're going to be really honest, there's a desire in all of us to grow. 
I think if you're here this morning, there's a desire in you to grow. If you're to get up on a Sunday morning, for those of you who have kids, you deal with all that is involved with getting your kids ready for church. Like, why is it hard? Have you noticed that? Like, why does, like, spontaneous violence happen in your car on your way to church? Like, why, why is it so? But to go through all of that, to, to, to take this day that our cult- culture just sleeps in and hangs out and goes to the river, like, for you to be here, your actions are demonstrating to all of us you want to grow. You want to move forward in your life. You want to see some things change and shift in you or you wouldn't be here this morning like that hunger that desire to grow is very very real but I think that if we're also honest that most of us are frustrated with the lack of growth that we're experiencing so there's a desire for us to grow there there's a a a drive in us to want to see some things change to want to see some development to want to see some ground be taken in our personal lives, to want to see some freedom happen within us, but, but the fruit of it and the desire for it are not matching up. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Like, it's not so much that growth is a desire issue, that it's like, it's more of like a fruit issue. Like, the desire to grow, I think, is inherently in all of us because we have been made in the image of God, and therefore we're, we're on this internal journey to become more like God and that drive in us to want to see God become so huge in us and to us and through us makes us want to feel like we're growing makes us want to drive but we keep running into these like barriers these limitations that keep reminding us like no 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 no, you can grow up to this size but if you go any further than this what is containing who you are needs to break there's, there's these limiters, these, these things that, that actually block us from growth. It's really interesting. I was reading an article on the effects of trauma on our emotions, as you do on a slow Saturday morning. Anybody else just read medical journals for fun? Just me? Okay. So I'm reading this article about the effects of like pain and trauma on us emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And it's really interesting. Like... When we go through something that's traumatic, painful, or disruptive to us, it literally stunts our ability to grow. If, if, if you're a child specifically and you go through a really traumatic event or, God forbid, like child abuse or something horrific like that happened to you, literally it has a physical effect on you. It can, it can stunt your physical growth, not just your spiritual growth, not just your emotional development. Your actual physical growth can be affected by the trauma that happened to you. We all want to see things grow. We all want to see things move forward. But I think that we also have to understand that to grow into who God has called us to be, we have to see God heal the pain that has happened to us. That growth and healing go hand in hand. We, we can't move past these pain barriers, these pain walls that we've all experienced, we can't move past them. We literally have to see Jesus heal them. Ephesians 4.22 says that you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We have to put off. We have to break out. We have to get rid of the old ways of thinking, the old ways of dealing with stuff, the old desires and put on a new self a new way of thinking, a new way of leaving, living to be created like God. Now hear me, if you're a note taker, I love you and I want you to write this down, okay? See if you can track with this sentence because this sentence is huge. You can be called by God, anointed to do big things, saved in church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, in a life group, on a serve team. You can be here every second. The doors are open. Jesus can be real to you. You can have a new heart and have an old mind. 
You, you can have a new heart and have an old mind. I, I, I wish that that hit you as hard as it hit me. If you want to go where you want to go, you have to deal with the pain that you've come to know. That's poetic right there. I'm a rapper. I'm a rapper. DJ Griff. To go where you want to go, you have to be healed from the pain that you know. We have to put off the old self. We got to break out of the old desires, the old ways of thinking, the old pain that we went through that stunted the development in us, that's built those barriers for growth in us, those, those limiting pain walls that we keep running into over and over and over again. Th those walls are broken down and cleared out and removed when we get healed from the pain that built them. The, those, those pain walls are only removed when we get healed of the pain that built them. If we don't see Jesus heal those areas of our hearts, we will have a desire to grow, but that pain wall will limit your growth. You will have a desire to be connected to your spouse, but that pain wall will limit your connection. You'll have a desire to start moving forward in your walk with God, to start trusting God with your finances, to make better decisions in your personal life. But that pain wall will limit your growth. Those pain walls have to be cleared out and removed for us to become all that God has called us to be. For us to grow into who he's created us to be, we have to see healing happen to the pain that has happened to all of us. No one, no one is freed from living a life that has pain. We all have encountered it, different variations of it, different gradients of it. But listen to me, those I've lived a very privileged life and I have not encountered the pain that some of you have, but pain is pain. And I think sometimes we wash pain under the bridge because we're like, well, it wasn't like that pain that that person went through. And I'm not suffering like the people in Midland are this morning. And so that little thing that happened to me that really wounded me is not that big of a deal. I just need to get over it. You can't get over that wall. That pain wall will limit your growth. The only way that we can see real transformational growth happen in us is when pain is healed in us. We have to experience healing. If you have your Bible, I want you to jump with me to Judges Six. We're going to be in verse one. We're going to read a very popular story, the story of Gideon. It says this. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of of the Midianites. Now, understand that in this moment, this is a very common rhythm to the people of Israel. They had turned their back on God, and now they are living in the consequences of their sin. They had turned their back on who God had created them to be and the way that God had called them to live. And because of their decision, their rebellion, they are now faced with the consequences of their action, the consequences of their sin, and they find themselves overrun. It says this in verse 2, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They were camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkey. They came up with the livestock, their tents like a swarm of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land and ravaged it. The oppression of the people of Israel was so intense this morning, or in this moment, and this morning, um, it, was, it was so overwhelming that every time they tried to make a better future for their tomorrow, 
It was snuffed out before they could put their hands on the fruit. So they would plant crops and the enemies of them, the enemies of the people of God would camp out on the corners of the field. And as soon as the fruit began to emerge, the fruit of their labor, the enemy came and stole it away. So, so you have to understand that the people of Israel at this point are overwhelmed. They, they have been overrun. It is painful and frustrating to have a desire to grow. And it feels like you're taking a step. We've got a, we, got a, we got some seeds in the dirt. We took a step in the right direction. And then, bam, the enemy comes and steals and kills and destroys everything that you have done. This is exactly what it feels like when we are stuck with the desire for things to change, but right as we feel like things are gonna change, right when it starts to feel like we're gonna get over the hump, right when it starts to feel like our future is gonna be better than our past, that pain wall shows up again. And our growth is stunted by the pain of our circumstances. And it just reminds us, no, no, no. You can go up to this point. You can get right up to here. But you can't grow past here until this wall is removed. Until this pain wall is destroyed. Now, what begins to happen next in this story is God, as he always does. Can I get an amen? God, as he always does, begins to make a way of escape for the people of Israel that although their actions had caused them to live in these circumstances and this situation, God's grace was bigger than their rebellion and he created a way of escape for them that while they were sinners, God still had mercy on them. Come on, that's really, 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 really good news. That God will see us and he will create a way of escape for us, even if we're in a fight that our decisions has caused for us. So God begins to make a way of escape for the people and judges six and he, six and he, and he picks a man who is in a physical place that points to the effect of the pain and the circumstances that were happening around him. He comes to a man, a young man named Gideon, who it says in verse 11, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, I want to lean into this for a minute because Gideon was threshing wheat. He was preparing wheat. He was processing wheat in a place that was not intended to process wheat, but was to create wine. So, so he was threshing wheat in a place that was never designed for it to be used that way. Have you ever used the wrong tool for a job? It makes that job really hard. A couple of weeks ago, I tried to be handy Keyword tried. And so I replaced the faucet in our kitchen. Now, man, I fought with the, with the faucet for like 30, 40 minutes. You know why I was fighting with it? Because the wrench that I had was too small. But I was trying to jimmy rig it. I was using hammers and tape and my hands and I'm sweating, laying down. You know how it's just like there's no there's no beautiful way to do plumbing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you're always in an inappropriate position when you're doing plumbing. And so I'm trying to fight with this thing. I finally have enough. I throw the wrench down. I go literally 15 seconds down the street to my friend's house, borrow the right size wrench, 45-minute job, 35 seconds. Right tool, job is easy. Wrong tool, job is complex. Gideon is is threshing wheat in something that it was never designed to be used for, this, this simple job that he was performing was just was, was more complicated. It was harder. It, it was more physical than it ever needed to be because the pain of his circumstances had put him in a position in a vessel that he was having to force that vessel to function in a way that it was never intended to function. So he is in this wine press trying to thresh 
wheat, his pain had stuck him in that place. That limit that he was feeling of his circumstances had forced him to have to start using things that he had in ways they were never intended to be used. And that makes everything hard. When you start to live in a new level without stepping out of your old vessel, life will be hard. When you start trying to take ground in your life, move forward in your marriage, move forward in your relationship with Jesus, move forward in your finances. If you do not change the vessel that you're in, it will be hard. Life is hard enough. Life is already hard, but we overcomplicate it because we are living within the confines of these pain walls that our circumstances has created for us. And we have a desire to grow, but we keep running into these limiting factors of the pain that has been done to us or the things that we've experienced as we've been living life. Our past pain forces us into spaces and places that we were never intended to work from. Never intended to work from. Pain walls limit what we can grow into. You know, in that same kitchen that I struggled with that faucet, we have two fennel leaf fig trees. How many of you guys know what fennel leaf fig trees are? Man, they are cool. Gosh, look them up. Get some. Bless your home. They are a beautiful plant. They are a wonderful plant. They're a little finicky, but man, if you figure them out, man, they are just so cool. And we had these fennel leaf fig trees, and man, we got them when we first moved here to Austin, and they were just growing and growing and growing, and they were so beautiful. And then all of a sudden, this year, it's like they froze. It's like they stopped growing, and they still looked healthy. They still were full. Like, they didn't look, they were in the same place in the house. They were getting the same sun, same water, same nutrients, but their growth just, like, slowed down. And so we started asking some questions of people that actually know how to deal with this stuff. They come and look at them and they're like, oh, it's because the root system is running up against the walls of the pot. This is as big as these will get unless you get bigger pots. And I think this is what pain walls does to us very, very similarly. Yeah, we grow. We, we start growing. You start to flourish. But if we don't see that pain wall healed, if we don't deal with that pain wall, eventually our root system will run into that wall and our growth freezes. It halts. We can't go past what we have built with our pain. And what's amazing is that God spoke to Gideon this very powerful phrase as he found himself stuck in this barriers of his pain. And he looks at him and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I love that. I love that. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, as he's hiding threshing wheat in a vessel, working, using a tool. It was never created. He was working hard and not going far. He was hiding and fearful. And God speaks to him and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, I got to be honest with you. Most of my life, I have read the story of Gideon and thought, dude, what a coward. Man, this dude, God calls out a coward, you know, and so I thought this was like a message to all of us who felt, fair, felt fearful that God looks at us and says, mighty warrior. But then it hit me like he was threshing wheat. He was threshing wheat. So he had not given up. You see, like there's this whole, we, we read it, verse one through five. It's how every time the people of Israel even planted seeds, as soon as it was harvest time, the Amalekites and the Midianites would come and overwhelm the fields in such a degree that everything was devastated. Even the livestock was devastated. Yet you have this dude, Gideon, somehow, someway, Gideon was a fighter. Gideon was a survivor. He had found a way to grow wheat, not just grow wheat. He had found a way to process the wheat 
so that he could provide for himself and his family. Gideon was not fearful. Gideon was a warrior. The pain that he was experiencing in his circumstances had built a vessel for him, a limiting space for him. But the desire in him, yet he had not given up. He had just given in. There was still a fight, but he was still fighting within the confines of that wall. And God looks at him and says, there is something bigger in you than the container that you've put yourself in, Gideon. Behold, mighty warrior. There's more in you than the place that you've put yourself. I love that God looks at Gideon and says, go in the strength that you have to save Israel. Now, listen to me. I'm sure that if Gideon was here this morning, he would tell us that he was feeling a whole lot of stuff in that moment. All right. I'm sure there were way more emotions than just one that was going on in his heart and in his mind. But we know for sure we can pick up on the biblical context clues that there was a very real fear that he had. Because as soon as God looks at him and says, go in strength and that you have to save Israel, he goes, me? Me? I'm the weakest in my family, and my family is the weakest of all the families. So he's like, you're in the wrong wine press. Not me. You got to be kidding me. Like, mighty what? Nobody from my family is a warrior. My past doesn't say warrior. My past says survivor. That's how I figured out how to grow some wheat, how to hide it, how to harvest it, how to hustle my way into this wine press, how to grind it up so that nobody can see it. My past, my circumstances, man, look, I understand I've gone through some stuff. I've, I've fought a few battles, but look, man, this little wine press, this is me, dude. Like, I, 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 can, I can still survive, but I'm no mighty warrior, man. I, I, I'm not a fighter. I'm, I'm just a survivor. We read on and we see that Gideon and God begin this like really kind of fun discourse where Gideon begins to like be like, yo, if this really is you, God, because all these other gods come and visit me, if you really are the God of Israel, I'm going to throw you some tests. I, I, w- I want you to, to prove to me that you are who you say that you are. And I love that God begins to show Gideon that he's with him. Because I would read the story and I would think like, oh, this is Gideon getting some courage, right? This is Gideon understanding that God was creating him into something that he wasn't. But now that I look at it, I'm like, actually, no, Gideon was a fighter. Gideon was a survivor. God was seeing the Gideon that were pain wall-less. And that's why he was speaking to him saying, hey, there's more in you. That fight that's in you that got you to want to figure out a way to grow wheat, that fight, that drive to want to provide for your family, that fight and that drive to want to use this tool that is for a different job, for this job, that fight, that's that warrior spirit that's within you. But you are seeing yourself limited by those pain walls that have come up around you. And every one of those circumstances, every one of those things that God did forgive It was like he said, hey, there's more in you, Gideon. And he would do a little something and it would be like. Every little circumstance, cover your eyes. Every little circumstance, God was breaking the walls down. And he was saying there's more in you than the walls that are containing you. Gideon, there's a warrior in you that needs to spill out out of you. 
and you've put yourself into a wall, your pain walls of your circumstances and the struggle that you've gone through has contained you. It was never supposed to contain you. It was never supposed to limit you. Let me heal those pain walls that are slowing your growth down so that all that is within you can start to spill out of you. God was not teaching Gideon this new Gideon. God was removing the pain walls that was limiting Gideon's mind from throwing off the old self and putting on the new self in the image of the God that has created him. That's an amen moment. I know we're just learning, but that's that's when you say amen. Trudy has got a hanky. Wave it, Trudy. Thank you, Trudy. Again, Ephesians 4.22, put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, isn't it interesting how when I was swinging at this wall, this jar, it didn't break on impact. Did you notice that? It, it didn't just shatter. It's not that Gideon needed all of these signs to be convinced that God was with him. God was so committed to the warrior coming out of him that he was going to keep swinging at that wall until it came down. And some of us have experienced moments of healing, moments of encounter, moments of very real touches from the power of the living God living and moving and, and breathing through us as a church. And those are real and right. But just because it happened one time, that pain wall might need to happen, needed to happen a lot of times. Because it's not just about having an encounter. It's about being healed so that we can grow into all that God has called us to be. And I think some of the fights that we find ourselves in, if I can just be vulnerable with you, I think sometimes we fight at our spouse, but we're really yelling at a pain wall. We're yelling at a pain wall. You find yourself having the same disagreement with your spouse. It might not be that she needs to change. He needs to change. It might, it might be there's a pain wall that needs to come down. There's some healing that needs to happen. Because Gideon would leave that place and he would become that mighty warrior that was always inside of him. And he would lead Israel into a great, unthinkable victory from their enemies and usher in a season of favor. And it happened because God healed him of the limits that he was seeing around himself and allowed the warrior that was always in him to start to come out of him. We need to see healing happen so that we can see growth happen. We have to allow the, that, that the limiting pot that we've put our lives in to be shattered so that God can expand our root system and we can continue to grow into all that he's called us to be. We continue to take ground. The desire's there to take ground. That, that need, that itch in us is there to take ground. But we're, but we're not taking ground because we keep running into those limiting pain walls that are happening around us and in us. And it's time for those walls to start coming down. The cycle ends this morning. You don't have to keep running into the wall. It can go away because Jesus came to make everything new he he took you out of that pot of your pain and he placed you into a field of absolute limitless possibilities and growth limitless opportunities in him but don't dig yourself out of that field and put yourself back into the pot shatter the pot let Jesus break down those pain walls. 
Let Jesus shatter and remove those limiting things that we keep running into, those areas in our life. Man, we want to make better financial decisions, but we just keep running into We keep sabotaging our relationships, man. We think, I'm just going to leave this relationship, get out of this relationship because new is going to mean new behavior. No, it doesn't because that wall keeps showing up. That pain wall keeps showing up. Oh, I'm going to leave this community. They don't understand me. I'm going to go find another community. And then you feel good about yourself. You can grow a little bit. And then all of a sudden, that wall shows up again. Because you're never going to outgrow your pain wall. You're never going to get past it. It's never going to just go away. It doesn't disappear. The only way it goes away is when you allow God to heal the reason why it was built. To allow Jesus, the one who comes and makes all things new, the one who speaks life and it erases death, that Jesus has to come and begin to touch you and heal you and allow those pain walls to start being broken down around you so that all that you are begins to spill out of you. You don't have to be limited. You don't have to keep running in loops. You don't have to keep dealing with the same issues. You don't have to keep sabotaging your relationships. You don't have to keep fighting with your spouse the way that you are. You don't have to keep being broke. You don't have to keep struggling with the things you're struggling with. There is a way of escape. There is a way of freedom. There is a way of hope. And his name is Jesus. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, come. I can't heal myself. But would you come and touch me? And don't act like we don't have pain. We all have pain. We all have moments that need to be healed. We all have those limiting walls. But Jesus is declaring over you and over me this morning, I have come to make all things new. I've come to make it all new. If we want to grow into who God's called us to be, we have to get healed of the pain that's limiting what we can see. We have to be healed. We have to create space for Jesus to touch us. And we want to create opportunities and environments. Remember we talked about this in step one when we talked about encounter, that as a church we want to create environments of encounter because encountering Jesus leads to transformation in us. And and so we have done that. And there's this thing coming up October 5th. It's called Freedom Day. And Freedom Day is one of those environments where we're saying if you feel stuck in any area of your life, any limiting wall that you keep running into, any pattern of frustration, any disconnect in your personal life, any issue that you're going on with addiction, anything that's happening in you, come to Freedom Day because it is a day, very simply, where we are going to walk you through biblical steps to see Jesus bring healing and transformation and freedom in your life. It's going to be from 9 to noon. We've got a whole team that's going to help us facilitate it. We are expecting hundreds of people to be there because we believe that our city is saying we need freedom. We don't want to be stuck in these loops anymore. It's time for the living God to come and bring healing to our hearts so that we can grow into who he's called us to be. We also are launching a growth track that's called Financial Peace University saying, God, would you reshape and reframe how we see our finances. If you want to grow in your finances, let God heal the way you see your finances and usher in a kingdom mentality that's bigger than our world's mentality. Also, you heard about it in the video. Welcome to the family is an opportunity for you not just to hear our story, but to learn how God has uniquely made you to tell your story. And these different moments, these environments are simply there for us to grow, to take ground in our lives, for us to say we are a church that is not okay with just showing up and being stagnant. We want to move forward in God. We want to grow spiritually. We want to grow in what it means to be more like Jesus in our daily lives. And that happens when we get healed and that happens when we get equipped. Amen. And so these things, these growth tracks, these opportunities, don't just watch them go by. Jump in, choose one, and let's all grow together as we see God reframe and heal us uh, as we can move into all that he has for us. Can you stand to your feet?
Can my leaders just make their way up to the front? We're believing that this morning is going to be a morning of, of healing. It's going to be a morning of, of transformation. That as we're talking about what it means, what it looks like for us to see those pain walls be broken down, for those pain walls to be shattered and healed that are limiting us, that, that there's some people that are here this morning that are saying, man, that's me. I can tell you right now, this is my loop. This is the wall. I see it all the time. It resurfaces itself more than I want to even mention. If that's you this morning, in a minute, we're going to begin ministering. We're going to begin praying, and we want to pray for you. We want to create space for you to encounter Jesus and for the healing power of the living God to come and to touch that pain wall and allow it to start to shatter and break and come down so that you can continue to grow past those limits that you've experienced from your past. And I know that also that there's some of you here this morning that don't know Jesus. You're visiting church. Maybe you've been coming. You've never made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And I just want to say that today is your day. That this morning you are here on purpose. That God brought you here so that you could hear the story of Jesus. The one who came and lived a perfect life that did not fall into the traps that we can't say no to. That did not have any pain walls in his life because he was sinless and perfect the perfect son of God and he surrendered his life to die on the cross because our sin the decisions that I've made the decisions that you've made they separate us from God and the wages of those sin is death and Jesus came to pay that debt and to wash away what we could not do and all we have to do is say Jesus I believe that you who you are I believe you did what you did I believe that you rose from the grave and when we say yes to that story being a part of our story the Bible says that we will be saved and that healing process begins and those limiting things that we've been experiencing begin to break down and freedom begins to reign and so if everybody could just close their eyes and bow their head if that's you this morning I specifically want to pray for you if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus if you want to get your life right with God I want you just to raise your hand amen anybody else I see you anybody else come on I see you anybody else Come on, can we just clap for those people that are making the best decision in their entire life? Hey, look, let's all pray. Jesus, if you raise your hand, pray after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Make me yours. Forgive me. Make me new. What I was is no longer who I am. You've made all things new. The healing power of your name is breaking down those limiting walls that my pain has built. Set me free and fill me with the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Hey, if you need prayer for anything, if you need any type of touch from God, any type of breakthrough in your life, as we sing, as we sing, excuse me, I want you to make your way up here to some of these beautiful leaders and let them lay their hands on you and pray for you that the living God wants to intervene in your world and break down the walls so that all that you're called to be, all the dreams that are inside of you, all the greatness that God's put in you will no longer be limited by the pain that's happened to you, but begin to spill out all around you. Amen? Amen? All right, come on, let's worship.